when you're saying the stuff that is scary to say, especially like in in front of strangers on a stage, that's rock and roll. That's yeah. Punk. Here we are. <laughs> Welcome to Little Fires, a podcast that asks artists why. My friend Matt Hires carries the fire. His ever-increasingly vulnerable songwriting, most recently on display on his album, American Wilderness, has become something of a favorite. His way with words and his story to this point has allowed him an opportunity to see our country ever-increasingly divided in a light that I think is both poignant and moving. Shortly after he and his wonderful wife Rachel moved to Nashville from Tampa, our mutual friend and producer of American Wilderness, Randall Kent, suggested that a few of us convene a bi-weekly hang we affectionately refer to as Scotch and Songs, where we each bring a new song idea to share over a bottle of cheap scotch. Being able to hear Matt distill songs like Don't Let Your Heart Grow Cold has been both inspiring and terrifying. His lyrics inspiring us to stay just as sharp, our hearts just as open, even if it hurts. Sometimes especially if it hurts. The following episode is a sensitive discussion about things like suicide, faith, and family. If that might be a trigger for you, it might be best to listen to this episode on the way home instead. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and you mentioned this when your record came out, like we sit in a group of guys sometimes and, and drink scotch and show each other our dicks for <laughs> two hours, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. Kinda. Well, it started out as scotch, and now it's cheap bourbon. But yeah, we should still show our dicks, though. It's still showing the dicks. Yeah. Um, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course, we've we've been getting together and showing each other like half songs. If we've got full songs, we're showing full songs. But yeah. we're also bringing like, oh, I've got a verse in the chorus. I'm thinking about. I think it might be cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really delicate space to be in for a songwriter, right? Yeah, and I feel like ever since it started, we've um. I guess through a lot of it, like through our conversations during Scotch and Songs, we've kind of, I feel like all of us that are sort of regulars of the group have gotten more and more, more like, just, I mean, everybody says this about their music now, but more honest, more like just digging deeper, um, mm-hmm. which has, I mean, was where my record sort of came from, but every, like the whole group has done that, which is pretty amazing. It's true. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if we sat anybody and asked them that question, who's been with us there, I think they'd say the same thing. Yeah. Like, it's been fun to sit in a circle with you guys and go, why don't you put the second verse first? Like, Rocco told me that one time. I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, the second verse has always been the verse where I finally get into it. Mm-hmm. Because we all feel like sometimes we need to dumb things down too far. You know? To start off. To, to start, start, Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of having that first line go, fuck you. Mm-hmm. We are like, what? Like, yeah. holy shit? Uh-huh. The Holy War song? I was like, you say that shit, Matt. <laughs> I think curse words are special. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the name of this episode. That's the name. Holy War, holy shit, man, I'm at it again. I'm turning tables over in my mind. You gotta seek it if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> holy war, holy shit. Yeah. That was the scariest. I, I, yeah. 
that one in Tragedy of the Leaves and Glory Bound, they had some of like the those lyrics mm-hmm. that are like scary to say. Yeah, and the thing that's fascinating to me that we touched on before is our, our stories are really different. I didn't grow up in church. You grew up in church. I mean, yeah. 100%. Your dad's like a pastor. At least three days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you lived in a house with a pastor. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that's a different thing. Completely. This holy war better be worth the fight. I've got the Bible Belt, Billboard Blues again. Cause everybody's got something to sell. Sometimes your heaven kind of looks like hell. Oh, I'll take another whiskey from the well. Because so you're like inside out and I'm outside in. But... I think there's a lot of things that should people decide they want to engage conversations like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you can feel happier about and more peaceful about if you can simply empathize with where another person came from. So the Holy War song, you'll never find it if you're always right. Uh, Dave told me when we talked um, just about um, the, the sentiment of be always being ready to have the piss taken out of you like even when you're right you're wrong and in talking about like how we both grew up differently in like evangelical white evangelical christianity um at least like that's my experience that's what i know um there's a strong like a strong emphasis on like knowing what you believe like having answers to things Mm -hmm. and that in the past few years that's i've just tried to like open up and not be so tied to tied to things on being willing to be wrong on like being open to the fact that maybe everything doesn't need an answer you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's an importance in the questions um, and sometimes there's more meaning in the questions than in an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> a more meaning in wondering about right. something yeah. than saying I know exactly mm-hmm. what this thing is and I can put it into a box yeah and it's so in that, and that's what leads to the chorus, which is I don't want to die in my own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes there's just so much more life in being in that place instead of like certainty can make you feel safe, um, mm-hmm. but man, it can just be boring. <laughs> What do you say when your heart's not in it? What do you do when there's no new beginning? How do you start when you've forgotten how to finish? Or how to be free again? Or what the word even meant? Give me something to fighting a ghost like what first off 
why was that the first track on the album? I feel like track listing to me is always very fascinating. Yeah, and I'd second, be like, secondly, on like that. what's like why is that the jumping off point? I guess is the it question. It was kind of the jumping off. It wasn't the first song. I think the first song I like chronologically that I wrote that was on the record was um, "Begin Again." Um, it's a good first song to write in yeah. a bunch of songs. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it, so "Fighting a Ghost" was kind of the the one that really kind of sparked what really sparked the the rest of the songs for me. The the ideas um, that would come afterwards but it was more like for me like just trying to kickstart my I'm, I'm very like I just wrote this week my first song in two and a half years like since I wrote yeah American World it takes Dance. a lot out of you yeah especially that record really did um, but Fighting a Ghost was kind of the one that kickstarted a lot of the in inspiration for American Wilderness. And it was just like, basically, what are you doing? Like, um, why are you doing it? Yeah. yeah. What, am, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Um, what's driving you kind of thing? Like, a lot of times it just feels like you're you're fighting a ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Swinging I, at smoke, like one of the lyrics. Right. Yeah. I've, like, what is that for you? Is it songwriting? Is it a, is it a career? Is it what is it like what does that ghost all of it all of you? that yeah, yeah. um yeah like when at what point is it would would you get to where it would be like okay now it's time to stop right <laughs> which right. i don't know what that is yeah um, I, I mean don't, I'm, I, I don't make I'm, i do fine i'm not, don't make like a ton of money or anything like <laughs> but you're feeding your family i mean you're it's you're helping to i mean feed my your wife family. is mostly feeding our family. right but <laughs> But you're contributing in a meaningful yeah, sense. Yeah, that's all that matters, mm -hmm. uh, I think. But yeah, when do you decide it's time to hang it up? It's like, well, mm. I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. I don't think you do because you're. I thought about it after American Wilderness. Honestly, I got yeah. a little bit like depressed. It, it was a combination of things. Um, like the record didn't do like monetarily and like album sales wise, it didn't do as well as I had hoped or expected. Um, and then like the election hit, <laughs> right? And the kind of the combination of those two things just like, yeah, really bummed me out for a while, and I wasn't sure like if if I should keep doing it. I mean, I probably just from a purely capitalistic standpoint, like it didn't make me the money, right, that right, I, right, right. That I thought it would, but then like hearing people since it came out that have told me like how much some of the songs really, really meant to them, dude, like that. That has kept me going for sure. I, I wept the first time I heard "Don't Let Your Heart Grow Cold." <laughs> I did, and I, I wept the f when I wrote it. <laughs> I, but those are that's it. Yeah, like that's that to me is proof positive that what helps you can help someone else. Mm -hmm. Totally. If you're brave, that song if you're is, brave enough to keep swinging at smoke, and that's what know? I really, really realized with this record was that, like that song is extremely like specifically personal in a lot of ways um which you would think like wouldn't re speak to a broader audience but i found that like the more personal you get the more it connects with people mm -hmm. which is it it seems like it shouldn't be that way like write a broad song and it'll right connect with i mean and i mean the millions and millions of people aren't like listening to the music so it's not 
I don't know. But millions and millions of people are doing stupid but, shit every no, day. No, you, you totally. Know? Yeah, I guess what I was trying to say was like, it connects like really deeply personally with a few people, which is amazing. Yeah. Like that's, I, that I, makes it worth it. I think one person makes it worth it. Totally. I Honestly, less than that. I think that if it, if it helps you, it's worth it. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I kind of realized that after taking such a long time off of writing songs and then the song I just wrote this week, there were like specific lyrics that as I wrote them, they like did something in me. Physiologically. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to cry on this podcast. <laughs> I woke up to winter And light breaking through my eyelids Everything barren and splintered Like being cradled inside a coffin My mother's sister Took her own life in a hotel bedroom The empty bottle beside I always wondered, did she keep the lights on? I know the leaves are tragedy As they curse their branches under my feet I can't believe what I cannot see Cause everybody dies something that hit me pretty hard was the story about your aunt yeah like my my grandpa my mom's dad killed himself mm. and the ripples that that has for generations yeah is real and it's hard to deal with um and i think you being able to put that in a song is thanks you know Thanks. Yeah, that was a hard line to write. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I I don't go into this in the song at all, but like the, you probably know this. I think it, it was around the time we met, actually. Um, my I had played a show in Fort Myers, Florida, for like this radio station thing, and they had said for my song "Restless," they said they were going to play my song "Restless Heart" later. Um, and I was driving back to Tampa, where I lived at the time, um, from Fort Myers, and had the radio on, and Russ's Heart played. It was the first time it was on the radio, which mm -hmm. is like, it's a big deal. Supposed to be an incredible experience. At that moment, I got a call <laughs> that my my aunt passed away and killed herself. Mm -hmm. um, such a like, such an insane, crazy moment. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, I think there's some. I think there's something about singing, singing about those kinds of things. Not um, that even if you're not trying, like I'm not trying to give an answer for it. I'm not trying to like explain it, but just to like put something out in the open mm -hmm. brings like so much healing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does.
So won't you come on back Come on back Come on back to me Matt, were you reading that? I don't know. I remember I like some conversations actually, we had. I think, and I I think yeah. he would like just started it or something, or about to start it or something. Yeah, and you guys were putting on like you know, Jesus freak, and I was like, oh. what is this stuff? <laughs> I remember last year. I didn't. I never we heard it. Driving, I never heard any of that stuff. We were driving you to like maybe Minnesota again, probably Minnesota. Um, <laughs> That's a, is that the name of your next record? <laughs> probably Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> We were driving like late at night and you were half asleep on the bench behind Randy and I were in the front seat. I was driving. We we're listening to Jesus Freak by DC Talk. <laughs> and I was like, and you sit up all of a sudden, like your head is right in between us in the middle of the seats and you go, that's really funny. It sounded like they just said colored people in a song. <laughs> And we're like, no, they they totally did, and it didn't until that moment. It never seemed weird to me. And then when I actually like, when you said that, it for, it like forced me to think about it from another perspective. Your perspective, having never heard that song, I'm like, they did like that's even though like what they're saying is positive, it's still really weird. <laughs> I wanna begin again Drop all the pretensions and labels Kiss you under the table like when we were kids I wanna know love won't end We can take it back where we started Before all our friends got divorced and we turned into cynics I wanna begin again and again and again and again oh, I wanna begin again And again and again and again and again and again I mean, growing up in the church and around um, church people <laughs> um, Everyone that I grew up with like face to face like this give you the shirt off their back, give you anything. Absolutely. But there's just, there's a disconnect at once you start to zoom out of how like being against gay marriage or something about that is extremely hurtful to that person that you would be loving to face to face. I can't explain it. I don't know like where that, what that disconnect is. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think that's where it needs to just dissolve into grace. Like that's yes. where that's where it happens. Where it's like I really don't agree with you, but I I love you anyway. I really don't agree with you right now. I think you're hurting yourself. Whatever it is, I'm not talking about my opinion on the matter. That doesn't matter. It just doesn't. My opinion of your life does not matter unless you ask me for my opinion. Mm -hmm. All that matters is how we relate how you treat me, how you treat my wife. That's what matters, right? Yeah. And when it comes down to, I don't agree with you telling my gay friends they don't matter. I still got to love you. <laughs> yeah. I still got to find love in my heart for you who who, who want to do violence to my friends. Yeah. There's a there's a lyric in the, my new favorite band, Gang of Yous. Um, I think it's the third song on there. 
their latest record, Go Farther in Lightness. Go listen to it, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, there's a lyric that's, I will love you, but love not the powers you serve. That's so freaking good, and it's that idea you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like you, there's people that are serving powers that are harmful, that are destructive, but you still have to find a way to love them, and because that's how you're gonna, that's how they'll change. That's how you're gonna change. That's how you both change. Yeah. That's it's like <laughs> when you're justifiably angry. I I read you that passage about the longing for justice last time we talked. And that's built into us, right? Like when we see an injustice, we see someone being hurt. We are compelled most of the time from a sociopath to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, how do we remain open to offering help, but not offer it when it's not necessary or needed? I don't know. It's just a place that I don't have the language for quite yet. Yeah. But I think it's, a good idea for us to start trying to find the language. And to my friends that are more like my family, I love you all so, so much. Sometimes the things we hold on to the strongest, those are the things we don't say enough. Love your neighbor as yourself, you know? It's very simple. In, in that, quoting Jesus, in that you are loving the Lord your God with all your heart because we're all part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's simple when you get into it, but it's hard. But it becomes it's hard sort to of act it out. Um, <laughs> twisted easily. Yeah. Like the idea that someone could look at the words of the Jesus story, if and not go, man, that guy sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like just as a, a objective thing. Like if you heard a story about Steve from down the street who shoveled his neighbor's driveway every every year because Chicago winter, mm-hmm. whatever. And you don't go, that, that sounds like a pretty cool guy. You're not being honest, right? Like that guy is helping someone else on his own time or he's providing a, 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 a service of some sort. Mm-hmm to another human like the idea that all you got to do is love your neighbor and just love just love that's mm-hmm. it all you got to do is just look at that person and go they've got a story that i'm now a part of because mm-hmm. here we are and while you might not like the place they're at now is uncomfortable or scary for how you relate to people typically they got there through a series of events that you probably would have made the same decisions if you were in their shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Just that level of like, if, uh, if we could just all, if we could tap into that level of like empathy with everybody. I don't like, I say that, but I, like there's, if I were to like meet a white supremacist or something, if I were to sit down with R- Richard Spencer, it would be hard for me to, 
I would really, really want to try to under understand where he's coming from, but it would be hard for me. It would just, yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah, I think it'd be hard for him. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it he's is. where I think he is. is hard. I think he's an asshole, but I think he's. I think maybe if I was in shoes, it, in his shoes, I may have become the same asshole. <laughs> right, like it, like it's a sense of I, I belong to something, and a lot of it is lack of community. A lot of it is lack of a sense of belonging to a community. Yeah. Um, and that I think is an important conversation that we need to know how to discuss. We need to know what the language is. And I think we need to know how to look at someone else. Like if you said, you sat down with a white supremacist, how, how, yeah. how do you have a conversation with someone like that? And how do you inspire them to want to have that conversation with you? That's the, yeah, that's the, the key to it and the hard part. Yeah. And I mean, with anyone who, um, thinks differently or has like a harmful view of the world. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes I think, man, what if one day you and me are watching TV and we go, holy shit, Trump was right. Like <laughs> we have to maintain that mindset. Yeah. We have to, but we also have to look at evidence <laughs> right. and the things that are happening and every day. Right. When you stop looking at things that are happening because you want so badly to be right, come hell or high water, you just want to be right. You don't want to be, you don't want the truth. You want to be right. There's so much freedom in being wrong. Yes. <laughs> Put a signal in the sky for me. Put a signal in the sky for me. For me. Trying to be, because I can, you know, social media makes it easy to broadcast your opinions. I'm trying to be more and more, uh, like, I, I don't know if, I think it's a Franciscan idea, because Richard Rohr is a Franciscan mm -hmm. friar, um, but to to live your, your life is a protest. Your life is, like, this, live in a way that you're like, this is what it should be like. This mm -hmm. is my idea of what an ideal world is. Mm -hmm. And that... I mean, you're just one person, but man, it can be, it can be powerful. <laughs> Thank you to Matt, and thanks to you for taking the time to listen to Little Fires. The power of sharing cannot be overstated. If you like what you've been hearing, we'd love to have you hit that subscribe button and inspire your friends to do the same. We'll be back with a new transmission before too long. Until then, be well, friends.